0: Yes, we're back again, Bigger Talks, IG Live edition. We got a new episode. We have a special guest, Dr. Jasmine Talley. She's a naturopathic doctor, uh, and she's going to give us all the information about gut health, hormones, hair loss, uh, and the root causes that cause all these things within the body. And uh, it's going to be a phenomenal interview uh, please have your questions ready, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say, uh, waiting for her to get in the chat. So stand by. We're back. Happy Wednesday. I um, trust all is well, and everyone's in a good space, and you're feeling good and feeling great. Let's see. Let's see. You said I won't let her join. Yes, I will, one second, one second, there she is. Oh, she will need the latest version of Instagram to join, Jesus. (laughs) Life is beautiful, huh? Jesus. Yes, please. So while she gets uh, the new version of Instagram, uh, we can just chat, how's everybody doing? What's the latest and greatest? Happy Wednesday, like I said before. Uh, Dr. Jasmine Telly is coming on and we're gonna talk about gut health, um, the brain and gut and skin connection, uh, hormone imbalances within the body. Um, you know, all these root causes come from plant medicine, Anything that's gonna affect the uh, well-being of an individual from a um root level. Who's on here? Someone said check my DM. Yes I will. I will check my DM once I'm done. Uh but she's here, but it won't let it won't it won't it won't allow me to um it won't allow me to get her on here. Maybe that's it right there. Yes, updating now. Patience is a must. Patience is a must, people. Uh, Stephanie, how are you? It's been forever. What's the latest and greatest? Where's everybody from? What you, what you... no, yes. That was
1: a fast update.
0: That was a very fast update. How are you?
1: I didn't even know that I wasn't updated.
0: I mean, these new policies and I don't know. I've never heard that ever. live stream for a long time. Happy Wednesday.
1: Happy Wednesday. How, How are you are feeling?
0: You? I'm, I'm good. feeling great. Okay. Well, it's good, good to day. see you. Yes. <laughs> so people, if you haven't heard, if you don't know, this is my guest. Uh, Dr. Dr. Jasmine Talley. Uh, she's a naturopathic doctor. And she helps people with gut health, um, hormone imbalances, uh, also where some of us, you know, might be losing hair or hormones are off. She's there to get to the root cause of where it starts. So before we get into, like, the podcast and the details of what you do, let's talk briefly about you and who you are. How did you get into this space of, you know, gut health, naturopathic, as being a doctor? Where did this, this journey start for you?
1: Oh, it's a long story, but basically, um, so I studied poli sci and film in uh-huh. undergrad, because I always knew I had a passion for help. Um, didn't, didn't realize that politics is not the way to do it. And then kind of went back to school once I realized this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. Naturopathic medicine kind of found me. Um, but once I figured out this is what I want to do, nothing in my life has ever felt more right. Right truly a passion job i love what i do um and then gut health and hormones specifically just because everything is related to the gut and your hormones if your gut is off then your hormones are imbalanced and vice versa so you can't even i don't think it's even possible to really treat something if you're not concentrating on the gut and hormones first
0: wow so so you so the gut is the first thing, it's the primary thing that you should fo- focus on when it comes to your health, you saying,
1: Yeah, it's the first thing. That's how we detox. That's where our ne- neurotransmitters are mostly created. So like dopamine, serotonin, all of those feel-good neurotransmitters. If we don't have a good microbiome, we don't feel good. Um, if we're not detoxing properly, then our hormones are imbalanced. Every like every single thing goes back to your gut health.
0: Right. So for someone who doesn't understand gut health, what is gut health? What's the definition of gut health? I mean, it's so, I mean, it, it makes sense when you hear it, but what does it actually mean? We think it is. When you say gut health.
1: So it has to do a lot with your digestion. Okay. That's a big one. So um, one thing is, I think when I met you and you asked me what I did, I said, I make people poop.
0: Right, right, and that's, right, right,
1: that's a big part of it. So just making sure that you have daily bowel movements, just so that you're, um, that's a great indicator of yeah. how your gut is working. Um, so digestion, are you digesting and absorbing the foods that you eat? So a lot of people have micronutrient deficiencies, they're unable to um, absorb certain nutrients from their food. So then it leads to all sorts of things like hair loss and all of that or fatigue. But it all starts with what's going on with your digestion. So in short, gut health, digestion, very much intertwined together.
0: Wow. And so, you know, when you think of the gut health, to have a a healthy gut, what is the first thing anybody should have in mind first? What is the first thing to think about? Is it your water intake? Is it your rest? Is it exercise? Is it nutrition? Uh, Is it hereditary? Is it your DNA? Like, how do we have a healthy gut? What's the first thing? we should focus on or think about?
1: So the first thing is, are you eliminating properly every day? So bowel movements. That's okay. the very first thing. Um, if not, if you need coffee or to, in order to have a bowel movement or anything else, relaxative or something like that, that's telling me that there's something going on with your gut. So that's first and foremost. And it's kind of like the easiest indicator because you don't need to take uh, some kind of specialty test. You just know based on knowing yourself so that's like the number one thing and then um when it comes to nutrition that really also depends on what's going on with you like what symptoms you have I don't think there's like a one meal plan for everyone sort of thing yeah um I think like nowadays people are always eliminating stuff from their diet completely and not eating and intermittent fasting and all of that that's not necessarily good for your gut That's kind of just, it's just been talked about on Instagram. People are like, oh, it's the best thing. You should all intermittent fast or you should do this diet or you should do the keto diet or you should do whatever diet just because it becomes popular. Not necessarily your gut. You can actually hurt your gut many times, but everyone is so different and finding out what is going on with you. So first thing, um, bowel movements. So a question that I always ask patients is what kind of, what does your stool look like? You know, Mm because you can tell so much from that. Is it pebble-like? Is it well-formed? Is it loose? Depending on that, then we can kind of understand what's going on. Is there a motility problem? Is it that you're not creating good guys in your gut? Like the good bacteria, the ones you take probiotics for.
0: Kombucha, Are you,
1: exactly. Yeah. Do you not have enough of those, or do you have too much of the bad guys, and that's causing you to feel bloated and gassy and have abdominal pain all the time? So really, like finding out what's going on um, determines so much. And it's interesting because whenever I talk about gut gut health, it's correlated with so much, so many different symptoms. And I always say like, there's I've yet to see one patient who comes in with just one symptom. I don't think it exists, I really don't. Like that person that has like a gut issue or has bloating or has whatever it is going on, that person might have a headache or is fatigued or has acne, that's a big one, skin and um, your gut, or just can't focus. Feels like they have like symptoms of ADHD all the time. Um, and they don't feel productive. That all has to do with what's going on with your gut health. Um, But yeah, so there's so much to it. So many layers, right. So so many many layers. layers.
0: And I want to kind of take it back a bit. So we said gut health, but you said bowel movements, right? So is there some type of statistics on how many bowel movements you should have per day? Is bowel movement psychological? Is it because we don't want to go to the stool and let loose? Is it something we have to think about for some of us? Like, how do we know we're having the bowel movements throughout the day to know that, okay, my gut is healthy? How do you depict that? How do you, right. how does that work?
1: That's such a good question because people give such different answers for this. I consider someone to be constipated if they're not having a bowel movement every day. Uh-huh. Um, other people, a lot of, other people in the medical field will say no it's okay to skip a day I don't think it's ever okay to skip a day um but and why do you say that because I think you always have to eliminate things from your gut you should be regular everything should be going out of everything that comes in should be going out it has a process we're made this way um, but it's so interesting that you're saying oh well, you're um, you asked about the whole psychological aspect every single thing that happens to us that manifests into some kind of physical ailment or whatever it is is psychological to begin with
0: That's powerful. we
1: and i think we one thought like we one negative thought can escalate and then it can lead to all these other physical symptoms and you see that a lot with both constipation and diarrhea you see that with ibs everyone that comes in has irritable bowel syndrome yeah. That's to me is not a diagnosis. That's just like they didn't know what to do with you, so they said you have IBS.
0: Okay. That's
1: all. And there are a lot of times it's related to what feelings that have to do with like anxiety or depression or anything like that. It's so tied in together. So a lot of times, it's um, as females I see this a lot. People don't want to talk about having bowel movements. And they don't want it to show that they're going to the bathroom because in our society, it's been um, looked down upon like girls can't poop, girls can't fart.
0: You better poop, girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let loose. Yeah, so it is. It's very much psychological because if you are raised in this society where you're hearing this all the time, you're going to have a hard time just letting go and let loose. Um, And then also whenever people feel anxious, you get loose bowel movements. All the time, it's very much correlated to your to the way that your body digests and go. So definitely, that's interesting. Huge, huge mood component.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a I had a teammate in high school, and before every game, he went to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Bro, how do you?" He's like, "I just gotta go," (laughs) because he was anxious and he was nervous.
1: Exactly, but maybe it turned. yeah <laughs> um
0: so you said bowel movements you know gut health digestive system and you know well, here's the thing we all have lived different lives and different demographics and classes and well all these things right so how does nutrition play a part in our gut like you said it's not one diet or one meal prep or meal plan or nutri- that fits all so what should we be consuming the most to have a healthy, not only gut, but bowel movement, like from, from, yeah. from a general perspective, if do you have some insights on that?
1: Yeah, I love your questions. They're so good. Yeah. So yes, so lots of different variety of foods, like don't stick to one food. Like that—that That, that yeah. is the absolute worst thing you can I've do is that. to eat the same thing over and over again. And mm-hmm. the reason is because we need these probiotics, these good guys that are from these variety of eating season, like what's in season is so important because that's how you get all these different nutrients. Another thing is eating bitters. So um, a lot of times, different cultures around the world, like um, in our culture, in Persian culture, we have sabzi, which is bitter herbs on the table, always. So if yeah, what are
0: bitters? Can you say- Yeah, so just yeah, bitters
1: are is- bitter vegetables. They taste bitter.
0: Like, name me some vegetables that are bitter.
1: Radicchio, arugula, dandelion, all of those ones.
0: Okay, got
1: it. They're pretty good. I think they're tasty. Um, It's probably too bitter for some people, but my palate is kind of different nowadays because I like eating these things so much. Um, But yeah, but basically, whenever you eat bitters, you should always eat some kind of bitter vegetable with food because it tells your body it's time to secrete digestive enzymes so that you can better digest and break down what you eat and absorb what you eat. So without these bitter vegetables, it actually has a very, we have a very hard time doing that. Um, And then about diet also, it really depends on you as a person. So I see a lot of people that have mold or fungus in their body those oh. people should not be having any sugar.
0: Where is, is that from? Have. Mold so and fungus? Can, yeah. Where does that come from?
1: So that can be from your environment. That can be from different different things. So I see it a lot in people that have breast implants. Because of like the biofilms accumulating on those breast implants. I see mold that way. Um, but it can be from a lot of things. You can get it from a partner. You can get it from just... environment is huge you can also get it from if you just eat a lot of sugar all the time like you were raised um, like off of sodas and candy your body is going to develop this fungus and in order to starve that fungus from your body you also need to starve it of its fuel which is the sugar so those people who have fungus in their body really have their own diet that they need to consider um, and I remember when you were in here, we discussed about, um, like how, like my diet and like typically what I like to eat Yeah. and you're like, Oh, you need to talk about this. Cause it's like, it's so different. Um, right. and I was telling you, I, what I eat is based on my cycle on my menstrual cycle. So uh-huh. like, I won't eat certain foods prior to my menstruation and I'll eat those same foods throughout the month and I'll be fine. And it took me a while to realize this, but it's basically what gives my body this inflammatory reaction. So No, is,
0: is this just based on you or our all-
1: So this is based on this is based on me as well as what I've seen in other females. So you think um, all
0: women should eat different when they have They should make, eat different, like, but
1: what works for me doesn't necessarily work for right, another that's woman. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um and like for example, like I'm pretty open about it. Um I don't eat meat around before I get my period. And that's because it took me a few years to figure out really painful, painful menstrual cramps. And it was just like the worst thing ever. It was debilitating. I couldn't do anything. Um, so we kind of, I kind of played around with different things, different diets, different herbs. Um, and I realized I just can't have meat before my period. Got it. That's so the- I eliminate that completely. Ladies, you
0: hear that? Don't eat <laughs> meat before your period.
1: Listen so to that. not everyone, and it's not so everyone. funny because, like, <laughs> growing up, I remember like, um, like my grandma would always say, "No, you need like you need to eat meat. You need like the nutrients from it. Okay. It's so important. Like you have to have it around your period. Like it's the most important thing." Um, so I used to think, oh, it's so great. I need to have it all the time. But now, once ever since I realized that, and I don't touch it, I feel so much better. Um, so it really just depends on the person and like figuring that out. And then, like, another thing is intermittent fasting.
0: Yeah, I do that so. a lot, by the way.
1: <laughs> you do? So it works Yeah, I probably don't eat my
0: first meal between 11.30, between 1130 and 1, maybe 2 some days. But I, my body doesn't crave food early in a early in day. I don't know why, but it works for me.
1: Right, so you go by based on, like, intuitive feeling and how yeah. you feel. Yes. And that's the best way to do it. And that's totally fine. It works wonderfully when, as a man who intermittent fasting intermittent fast however it is so terrible for females oh women come in here all the time Ah. and they are fasting they eat one meal a day they lose their period their menstruate irregular menstruation all the time as soon as they start eating breakfast and they start eating regular breakfast lunch and dinner their hormones go back to normal they get their period back they don't need supplements they don't need all that extra stuff they just need to be eating Yeah, fasting completely changes your hormone levels. But that's why also intermittent fasting, guys like it so much to put on muscle mass and all of that because it also helps with growth hormone production. So it works really well for men. Unfortunately, like this Instagram biohacking world is very (laughs) much male dominant. So we see that all the time. But um, not so much for the female body. Unless yeah. maybe like you're towards menopause or something like that, where your hormones are changing, then it's fine. But if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, like don't really recommend it. If you're trying to get pregnant anytime soon or anything like that, because it can really, really throw off things.
0: So you're saying women should eat normal meals every day as much as they can. So morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner, at least to have yes. a normal cycle. of Exactly okay
1: and snacking in between is fine like whatever you need yeah. for you it's so so individualized and I, what goes wrong is when we just try to fi- like follow a certain diet and that's yeah. it
0: and so why is it different in men than women uh what is it about women that they can't intermittent fast like can have that for them like what is it about their so psyche? we
1: need yeah so basically when our, rest, our hormones just change and we need the whole um Estrogen goes up, then it goes down and progesterone goes up and it goes down as part of our cycle because we are cyclical beings. Um, It doesn't affect our testosterone as much like that'll be fine. If anything, it can probably increase it because of its um, correlation. However, just with the progesterone and estrogen, you're decreasing those levels in your body. Yeah, um, And that's not too great because if you don't have progesterone, you know, like the whole thing of like people PMSing, like women PMSing. That's because
0: if,
1: yeah. if your progesterone drops, then you get irritable and you get moody and you have like high anxiety. And what, hold and on. What was that word
0: again? What was that word you said? Uh, what did you, I say? You said something drops. I didn't hear you. Clarifying. Oh,
1: progesterone. One of our what sex is... hormones. It's oh, a sex hormones.
0: Hormone. Yeah. Okay, got
1: it. Yeah, so that's, that's related to like if you have low levels of progesterone, then you have insomnia, you can't sleep, you have high anxiety, you get oh, wow. irritable. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let's, let's unpack symptoms? this a
0: bit. I want to unpack okay, this. Let's unpack it. I have a friend who literally <laughs> had every single thing you just said, but mm-hmm. I don't know the information you have. So uh, anxious, I guess, um, can't sleep, skin. And what what was that you just said? If you can remember, that was a lot. But so
1: irritability, (laughs) moodiness,
0: yeah,
1: um, anxiety, insomnia. So you can't sleep well, and that's because you have low levels of progesterone.
0: Okay, and to increase those levels, you have to eat more. You were saying, right?
1: So there are like it is helpful to eat because if you're starving your body of food, you're starving your body of creating hormones, basically. But that's a powerful. Yes. But another thing, hormones, and this is why I love it so much. And this is why I nerd out on these things all the time is because it's all about the balance of estrogen to progesterone, everything that you do. So if your estrogen levels are so elevated and estrogen for females, you need it because it causes your like vagina to be um, lubricated and it causes your skin to put on collagen. And all of that. Like you need estrogen, you need it for your bones. However, if it's too high, then you your progesterone drops because it's all about balance together.
0: Got it. Yeah. And same
1: with and men. Estrogen affects men as well. So people men think it's always about testosterone. And I have guys come in here all the time and they just want to be put on testosterone replacement therapy because they think testosterone is the way to go. However, not always testosterone. It's estrogen. And estrogen, if you have too high estrogen, you will get man boobs. You'll get that belly fat that you can't. Oh, get rid of.
0: hold on, hold on, you yeah. yeah, pointer. <laughs> hold on. Rewind that. Dr. Jasmine. You'll get man boobs, you get the gut. Hold on. So that's yeah. because you lack estrogen, you're saying? As a man? That's because
1: you have too much estrogen. And then too much estrogen will lower your testosterone levels.
0: And where do men get most of that? I just don't
1: I know. You just got cut off. Can you repeat that question again?
0: I said, where do men get estrogen from? Where do we accumulate estrogen as oh, men? Oh, we don't estrogen. know.
1: Estrogen? No, we know. So, okay. estrogen is huge. I see it a lot in, like, from your environment. And this is what I mean by this: is a simple one, plastic water bottles.
0: Oh, good. I am.
1: So not a fan of plastic water bottles anytime i go to the gym and i just see like these guys working out and like trying to be so healthy and they have plastic water bottles near them i just want to like throw something at the water bottle and knock it down so basically chemicals chemical
0: bottles. yeah it's terrible yeah. so
1: it's bpa and even the ones that say bpa free same thing it's bps so and it mimics Estrogen in your body, so it throws off the receptor of estrogen, and it can either cause too much estrogen, or it just causes kind of like a like little reaction there, and yeah. it decreases your testosterone levels. So that's one thing. And then think about how much estrogen we're always, always, well, plastic, plastic. Well. We're yeah, we're always being exposed to or chem, like anything with chemical, like fragrances. Um, like guys that take cologne showers, estrogen. You just know, you can, you can smell them from a mile away, and you'll just know that they have low testosterone and high estrogen. That's why they can't get rid of their man boobs.
0: Damn! Rid of- <laughs> Come on, go. Let the plastic bottles go! <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's
1: little simple fixes. It's just part of like your lifestyle and it's not always like a drastic diet change. You know, you can totally like live in normal life in society and enjoy your life and just not have those plastic water bottles every day. Get rid of those
0: plastic. So what water bottles should we drink from? Just glass water bottles?
1: I I do glass or stainless steel.
0: Okay, glass or stainless steel, okay. You hear that,
1: people? Yeah, Yeah, and obviously avoid plastic. Like, it's yeah. impossible. Um, but if you think about it, you're having water every day. So if you can make just, like, that one little change, that goes a long way.
0: Okay. All or right. if you
1: can just use products on your skin or fragrances that are more clean, yeah. also goes a long way. Because these are all what we call endocrine disruptors. So your endocrine system yeah. is your hormones. And all of these fragrances, all of these chemicals, they shift your endocrine system.
0: mm and there's also,
1: there's actually an app for that that I really like um, by the Environmental Working Group. It's yeah. called the Think Dirty app, and you just scan it. Oh, yeah, item. you told me that. We got a, yeah.
0: What's the name of the app? I'm going to put it in the comment.
1: Think Dirty.
0: T-H-I-N-K, Dirty? Like yeah. D-I-R-T-Y? Exactly. Wow, interesting.
1: Yeah, so you just scan a product, and it tells you how clean or dirty it is. And it, if it's dirty, it tells you why it's dirty.
0: Mm-hmm. Even cologne, light, cologne,
1: yeah, and and in cologne, it's life changer. Wow.
0: So we need a cheat sheet. We need a cheat sheet, Doctor Jasmine. We need a cheat sheet on how we can figure this out. So I want to go back to nutrition because I mean I've been in LA twelve years. I've seen so many things change. You know, all all the girls want a big butt now. All the guys want to be in shape and you know wear tighter clothes. Fine, right? But what I've noticed is that. Everybody's on this vegan thing.
1: Everybody oh, wants to be vegan, yeah.
0: vegan, 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 vegan. And I'm like, I get it. I re- respect it. I understand it. But what are your thoughts on, uh, I want to say, sophisticated diet, but something like veganism or being vegan? Like, what is your perspective on that? And I don't think it's for everybody. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. So what are your thoughts?
1: I highly, highly respect people that are vegan for Mm -hmm. the right reasons and the right reasons for me are if you're an animal rights activist, totally understand that. And every time I get someone walking in the store and I ask them about their diet, I ask the reason behind it. If that's the reason you you decide to be vegan, it's the whole like philosophical thing, veganism and all of that, completely respect it. They should be doing that, that's great. There's probably like certain supplements you can take and it's fantastic. However, if someone comes in here and they're like, I'm vegan because it's healthy for me. No, that is not <laughs> correct.
0: <laughs> no sass.
1: Yeah, no way. <clears throat> we see crazy amounts of vitamin B twelve deficiency when people yes. change their diets like that. Their fatigue, their hair starts falling out all over the place. Their mm. thyroid hormone changes, everything, they're not getting the nutrients that they need. And most people do it wrong, anyways. They just eat a bunch of like pasta and tomato sauce, and they yeah. call themselves vegan. Like they're not actually getting good nutrients, um, so they're missing out on a lot of things. Like we need all of these um, yeah. nutrients from these foods. We were meant to eat these foods for the most part. Yeah. Doesn't mean it works for everyone, but for most, for the most part, we do need people. We do need to eat all of these different foods. Like, eggs provide us with choline. It is so important for your brain health. Yeah. Um, fish, fantastic. Fish.
0: Hey, I eat fish. Yeah, fish is great.
1: Fish <laughs> has its pros and cons. I'm a big so fish So, here's eater. the thing. Yeah. What
0: type of egg should we be eating?
1: Um, pasture-raised organic.
0: Fish. I, I had Last year, I was pescatarian. Um, and then this year, no... Most of, no, in mean, February I changed, I started to eat meat again. But what type of fish should we intake or what we should eat that's that's So definitely. I
1: have, yeah, I have very mixed opinions about fish because I am a huge sushi eater and I love fish. Yes. But I also recognize that it's not the best for you always. And that's why I don't like just the pescatarian diet or yes. just veganism. Because you need to have a broad spectrum. If you stick to the same things, it's going to hurt you. So with fish, wild fish is the best, however, and low mercury fish. However, given that there's always like all this waste and stuff dumped in our oceans, is it really the best for you or all this? Or like back in the day when I was an undergrad, I took an environmental political science class. And I remember just watching these videos about all the plastic being dumped into our oceans and our fish are consuming it and we are consuming the fish.
0: right so yeah so what what are wild fish what's wild Wild, fish
1: wild fish are fish that are in the ocean as opposed to farm raised that have been treated with a variety of chemicals so what can you name some
0: of them
1: um they have them for pretty much all fish um but salmon is one cod is another one i'm not a big fan of tuna in general just because the mercury in tuna is really high Uh and when we have high levels of mercury that will shift your hormones completely too. Mm. That's an endocrine disruptor. Yeah. yeah. So we need to we need to check your mercury levels. If you were, yeah, you were doing a
0: diet. God damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're it. We're come not talking about the we're do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So basically if you have high mercury levels, that causes all sorts of issues. But it's fine to have like fish here and there is great, but then you want to like have meat one day, like red meat, chicken, anything. Yeah. Um, of course, you don't want to have things that are highly processed. Gotcha. That would be a good rule of thumb, actually. No to processed food. foods. Yeah, processed yeah. foods. If you don't understand the ingredients, don't eat it.
0: Ooh, if you don't understand the ingredients, don't eat it. Y'all hear that? That's really great. That should be a bar. <laughs> yes. So does your blood type, right, does your blood type affect your hormones or your digestive system? Does that matter at all when it comes to so, your gut health?
1: Yeah, so... Um, blood type and hormones, I'm not too sure of. I know that there is someone who came out with this whole blood type diet. I know it works great for certain people. Tells you, like, oh, if you're the o, um, blood type, you should be eating a lot of meat. If you're this other blood type, you should be eating a lot of this food. I've heard great things about it. It's not something that I really go by in my practice. What I do is, with the blood, I will do, like, a food sensitivity test. Okay. So you'll come in here, and you'll be like, I want to know what foods i have a sensitivity to not an allergy so it's not a life sentence what's the difference yeah so so basically oh just like got disconnected but i think we're back um sensitivity is basically an inflammatory response so your body is always trying to protect you so anytime you this is how like autoimmune conditions happen your body attacks itself thinking that it's Mm -hmm. helping you and it's fighting off a foreign invader. Yeah. However, what is, same mechanism of action. You eat something, your body, you eat an avocado, let's say. Avocado, yeah. great food, love it. So many nutrients, electrolytes, good fats, all of that. However, for some reason, when you eat avocados, your body thinks it's foreign. It attacks that avocado. So it creates antibodies. It creates an inflammatory response. And it makes you feel fatigued, bloated, gassy. All of these issues will come up every time you eat that certain food. And that's a sensitivity.
0: Okay.
1: An allergy is more like an allergic reaction, like peanuts. Got it. Like if you have peanuts and you have an allergy, and then you get anaphylactic shock, basically. So that's the big, big difference. And then a sensitivity. So we find out, okay, let's say you are sensitive to avocados we eliminate that from your diet for a few months. We work on your gut health, uh, making sure that you're eating good foods, you're taking good nutrients. And then we replenish your gut flora, making sure you have the good probiotics in your gut. And then you should be able to eat those foods again after that six month period.
0: Right. And what's the difference between probiotic and prebiotic? I'm always confused. I love my kombucha. But I've been eliminating sugar, and I feel the best ever. I've always thought I needed the kombucha. I do have some probiotic pills. But what's the difference between prebiotic and probiotic? I don't know the difference. So
1: prebiotics create probiotics in your body, basically. It's like the whole fermentation process.
0: Probiotics
1: are the actual good guys. However, I actually, I like this question because I do want to make it clear. Biotics. You do not need to be taking probiotics. Most people don't need it. Yes, if you have if you took antibiotics, probably you should be taking probiotics (laughs) after because antibiotics has been proven to change your gut flora. So therefore, you want to replenish your gut and eat these good guys, these good bacteria, get that in your gut so that you can have neurotransmitters form in your body at good levels like dopamine and serotonin. Um, And you don't want to feel bloated after antibiotics or fatigue after antibiotics. So that's why you take probiotics. However, people come in here and they are in all these different probiotics and they've been taking it forever. And I'm like, well, is it doing anything for you? And usually they're like, I don't know. I just take it because I thought it was good for me. That can actually hurt you. And the reason for that is if you are someone that leans towards being bloated or having irregular bowel movements or just being gassy all the time, it's probably because there's something going on in your gut, maybe a pathogen, maybe fungus, very likely bacterial overgrowth. So you have certain bacteria that are not good for you, and they're probably growing at a high rate in your body, and they're causing you to have these symptoms. So then you're adding other bacteria to it, the probiotics that's obviously going to give you more and more symptoms. So probiotics, not for everyone.
0: Yeah, so so then, I think it was three years ago. That's why I went uh, pescatarian. So I think I went on a trip to Mexico. I was in uh, Cancun, I believe, for a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I had a binge or something, and my stomach was, like, off. But, like, prior to that, I was eating, like, a lot of meat and just everything. And I heard this thing that... When men get 30 or older, their digestive system change, they become more bloated. So I don't know if that's a thing, but I started to take the probiotics and like it helped with whatever I was dealing with in my gut. Right. So that's what got me into the probiotics. But I did eliminate the meat because I always felt like bloated, but I didn't know where it came from. So, is there some type of myth or some type of thing that's actually true for men when you get thirty or older, you experience, you blow you're bloated more? Is that a thing, or that's just- so
1: so many yeah. things about that? It is correct. When we, okay. the big thing about thirty and older is that your testosterone also drops, so okay. you also just like feel more sluggish in general. Yeah. However, but you're you're helping people with that all the time, giving them crazy workouts to do, yeah. increasing that. Right. Um, but then also. Your stomach acid changes. So, oh. so that's a big one. Interesting. So okay. you don't die, so when your stomach acid changes, you are, are depleted of certain nutrients, B twelve being one of them. That's why B twelve is one of like those anti-aging vitamins, because we we're, we're not able to absorb B twelve from food as much as we get older. But it's two, we just can't because our stomach acid changes, our digestion changes. And we're not able to really um, get all the benefits from that. So, yeah, definitely that makes sense. It's interesting that you have experience, though, because I think sometimes our, our body just needs a break from certain foods. Yeah. Like we're eating the same foods over and over again, or when um, we go travel, so we get some kind of pathogen or virus in our bodies. Yeah. And we just need to shift and find out what's going on and change that up a little bit. It's not always probiotic. Sometimes it is an issue creating digestive enzymes. So sometimes like that's why bitters help or digestive enzymes in general, because we need that signal to our pancreas to secrete those digestive enzymes so that you can better digest food. So it really just depends on what's going on.
0: Right. And you know, watching, I would say, can you, or do you have any inclination on if two people are in a relationship, right? And they want to get it on, they want to have some amazing intimacy. Is there some type of meal or something they should think about to kind of that make sense? Um, Because like you said, as you get older as men, things drop as women, things increase. I'm trying to understand our digestive system, uh, of course how we think but the food we put in our body right mm-hmm. does that affect our, our sex drive right oh 100 and is there some type of uh regimen or routine or food or balanced diet or way of going to have an effective you know sexual experience with your partner because i think right and it's
1: like yeah, yeah libido overall yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's a fair question it makes a lot of sense so i wouldn't say there's like one food that everyone should be eating however it is finding out what is going on with you specifically what's going on with hormones got it so that's huge and a big one is testosterone so for women and men when testosterone drops libido drops too and you're just not able to have that same kind of arousal and pleasure from all of that so basically Big one is what we talked about before is avoiding. So avoiding certain things I think are actually more helpful than adding in certain things for in this case. And that would just be like, if some someone is just always eating processed foods Mm -hmm. and um, things that are high in sugar, that's not going to go well with the gut. It's also if someone's having plastic water bottles all the time.
0: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. or you know like anytime i get like a takeout in like those plastic containers and it's like warm food and it's just like melting that plastic Uh yeah things like that probably not a good idea if you're doing that every single night because that will change your hormones but eating clean in general i think you just start feeling better about yourself
0: there you go and
1: that's really what it is and you feel more energized and you just want to do more things and you start feeling better about the way you look and the way you feel. And it's so psychological when it comes to things like that. So just knowing, like not feeling bloated is
0: huge. Yes. Oh, what? That's amazing. <laughs> or like I said, beginning of November up until Thanksgiving, I didn't have any sugar. And you know Erwan, Erewhon is like my spot. And when, yeah. I, when I went in there, the things I usually would have that had sugar in it, I wasn't even pulled to it. I wasn't even gravitating to it. I was like, my body doesn't need it because I haven't been eating sugar. No dark chocolate, no nice uh, vegan pound cake or no vegan chips, you know, no kombucha, you know, or, or dry fruit, because I'm thinking these are the healthy things, but I eliminated those things out of my diet and how I felt was just amazing. So mm-hmm. eliminating sugar really helps, and no processed foods, and those plastic water bottles, people, please. <laughs> Ah, get them away. So in your business, in your practice, um, say so, uh, a client, potential client wants to come and get all this information, data about themselves. Do, do you guys have, like, do you have a process that you take them through? Do you got to, like, take their blood? Do they got to use the bathroom? Is it, like, like blood? Like, how, how does that work? Like, somebody yeah. wants to throw all this information to have a better gut.
1: So when they come in, it's pretty, it's an extensive intake because I take a holistic approach. It's not like, oh, I just have bloating and that's it. Right. So they have other things. So it's head to toe questions, really understanding their medical history, what they've been going through, really understanding the person as a whole and spending time to understand that person as a whole. I've never seen a patient just for 15 minutes. It doesn't happen. happen. Um, They really like, I want to give them my attention and really understand where what's going on and where they're coming from and what they've tried also that's huge to see what works and what doesn't work and what their environment looks like and yeah, once i say th- that a lot why is
0: environment, environment so, is so important? important why do you say it's important i mean i know from my perspective but i'm saying from because you're in a holistic you in that world like why the environment and what and when you say environment what does that mean environment in your household, in your cabinets, where you live, uh, the pollution of the air, like, what part of an environment are you actually talking about? All of it. Okay. All of it. <laughs> okay. so, important. Okay. so your
1: environment sure. could be the people around you. That's huge. Okay. If you're around negative people all day Ooh. long, that is going to affect you. So, that is... Your really gut. Long.
0: That affects your gut.
1: That affects everything. Your <sighs> gut, your your mental state of being, your ability to even sleep at night. So... <sighs> Definitely you don't want to be around what we call like toxic people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like people that are just like bring them. Another thing is so big part of my practice is seeing patients that have mold. So black mold growing in your home. that is huge. That is a big, big part of my practice. So if you have mold, that is your environment, your pollution. so if you are exposed to pollutants all the time, that is your environment. If you are eating certain mercury, like if you're <laughs> eating a lot of fish high in yeah, mercury, yeah, or yeah. if you have like fillings in your teeth and you have mercury in that, did. that's part, yeah. yeah, and that's part of your environment. So your environment is so so important. Did I get those
0: removed? Am that really them?
1: depends. Have you? We need to check your mercury levels. Yeah. We need to come in here tomorrow. Yeah, we need to do a blood check. draw for you and yeah, figure yeah, out what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then um, just really understanding the person as a based on that, we determine. And if we need to do any labs and
0: yeah. then we
1: have a bl- blood draw a lab on site and we do blood draws here but then I do not collect like um poo or urine or anything yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that is all done at the comfort of someone's home and we send that to a lab and then I look at the results and I see what's going on with the person and then I find I determine like a plan to treat them it's all based for me, I do a lot of lifestyle and dietary recommendations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Big on herbal medicine. Love herbs. Yeah, absolutely. Into nutrients. that plant medicine.
0: What's that about? Why plant medicine best. over? Everything? Yeah.
1: So basically, because it provides you each herb provides you with nutrients. It helps support detox. It helps support your gut and your hormones. So I love it. Um, I also use homeopathy, nutrient therapy. Um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy peptide therapy a bunch of natural ways to achieve our goal basically
0: uh, so, yeah. so herbal medicine is the way to go we got to come be, we got to come get that plant medicine it's, for it's me.
1: the way to go and I was <laughs> asking, now, what about the
0: medicine that people smoke is that does that help or no
1: what kind of oh like cannabis like cannabis, um,
0: like cannabis. So that
1: works well for people i don't recommend it in my practice because it's okay. not something that i do a lot of but i see a lot of people that use it and do well with it yeah. and then i also see a lot of people that have their mold, like kids i've seen kids um have their marijuana traced with mold and they have mold related related illness because of it
0: what you mean because they're around the smoke or... no
1: because they got a bad batch and it had mold in it and <sighs> yeah and like this kid's mom that i'm thinking about took that bad batch and took it to a lab and they tested it and found out it had high levels of mold because the kid had constipation ever since he smoked that. Damn.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so, what it is.
1: Yeah, so definitely there's pros and cons to everything. But before I forget, I was gonna say the it's funny that you mentioned the whole um you stopped eating sugar and a bit anymore. Yeah. So basically I always say if you have a fungus in your body, that's why you're craving sugar. Once you get uh, rid of that, you don't really have that craving. Or like yeah. I have some people come in here and they're like, I can't eat bread. I have like a gluten sensitivity. Like, how am I going to live? But you're not going to feel that way about bread once you cut it out and you see how amazing you feel. Your body's not even going to want it. I know,
0: it. I feel so free. I've always been <laughs> in shape, but I'm like, I don't need sugar. I mean, I would get dark chocolate all the time, a kombucha <laughs> all the time, the vegan uh, bean-filled chips. Oh, I'm always eating them. Every time I go to Aramone, easy. <laughs> Not no more. I'm good. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I want to talk before we get off. I want to talk about hair loss, hair loss in uh, your hairs turning gray or different colors. Uh, I have experience drinking alkaline water and actually alkaline water helping hair growth. So what is your uh, research or experience with people in hair loss? Where's the root cause in most individuals?
1: I love this topic. So I see a lot of hair loss, both in men and women. Nowadays, ever since COVID, it's like, it's crazy how much hair loss I see. Um, I don't know if people are paying more attention to their health. Or it's just something that happened post COVID, no idea. But it is, I love it because it pretty much um, pinpoints on every single thing that I like to address. Like your gut. Are you deficient in certain micronutrients and that's why you have the hair loss? That would be a gut issue. Have some kind of hor- hormone imbalance. So, what I mean by that is your thyroid is a big one. And a lot of times when you go to um, a doctor, they will only test one thyroid hormone and they say, Oh, you're fine. You don't have a thyroid issue, but I like to look at the entire picture when it comes to your thyroid health. So if a thyroid marker is activating into the more active form of thyroid hormone, if it's not, you're going to get hair loss. So Uh, huge with hormones. I also like to look at your testosterone. So if your testosterone is low, for both men and women, you'll get a bunch of hair shedding. Wow. And even bald patches. Testosterone is high, you'll get an elevation in another hormone called DHT, and that will also cause hair loss. So you Damn. need that middle ground.
0: So do we have a some type of cheat sheet or some book that both men and women can utilize to kind of have a balance, or at least some awareness of how much testosterone or oh, I can't even say the word in estrogen that we need. Like, what, how do you, how do you conquer that feat? Like what, what do we need to do? Like should I lift more weights and eat more steak? <laughs> I mean,
1: lifting weights is fantastic for building testosterone. There are so many things that it's probably not going to shoot it up so crazy that you're going to have an overbalance and then you're going to have issues yeah. with too much testosterone production that causes hair loss. You probably won't have that. There's right. no, we need to create something. We need to create a panel. Come on,
0: where's the book? the book? So do you, are you able to take clients virtually? Like if someone is- I do, is I see a lot of clients virtually. State, yeah. Um, and what's the best way for people to reach, reach you if they want to?
1: So you can go to my Instagram and find you. Okay. But dot BeverlyHillsNaturalMedicine.com com. yeah oh and the last last thing about hair loss I know we're running out of time here but so um, your psychological well-being stress because we can never conquer hair loss if we don't conquer stress basically and it's psychological stress and then your adrenals which sit above your kidneys these take the hit anytime you have any kind of life stressor
0: And the reason
1: that's so important to mention is because when your adrenals are affected, your sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, these all shift. Wow. Your mineral corticoids, your blood pressure response, mess up. Your cortisol, cortisol is your stress hormone. It's supposed to go up in the morning. So you wake up feeling refreshed and happy and you feel energetic and it's supposed to go down at night so that you can get good sleep. That's also affected and then you get hair loss from it because of all of those shifts. So definitely your psychological well-being is so, so important.
0: Yeah, someone just asked the question, what causes premature graying of hair? Is that a thing? Grain? Gray, Graying, like gray, premature. So that's hair.
1: a lot of times it's genetics. Sometimes it is, um, most of the time it's genetics. Sometimes it can be a glutathione deficiency. Glutathione oh, okay. is a master antioxidant in your body. And Where do we get it that's...
0: from? What can we get so it
1: from? We create it, but we can also, like, our bodies have that. It's a supply. It's something that our body supplies. When you drink alco- alcohol, when you take Tylenol, when you are just out and about, when you're exposed to mold yeah. and these plastic water bottles, get them and, out of yes, then you do deplete your body of glutathione. So we do, like, supplements. Here we do IVs of glutathione yeah. and things like that to really replenish your body
0: with that. Got it. I love that. I mean, you're amazing. I mean, balance the gut health, psychological stress, life stress, (laughs) and how do we improve? I guess you said how do we improve glutathione levels? I guess is it IV drips? Is it some type of food or or supplements? Right. So yeah,
1: definitely you can do food and supplements, but also you can just be aware of your environment and. Not go into like maybe like extremely polluted areas. I know sometimes it's hard, but, or if you are, then you take certain supplements to also just support your glutathione levels. Um, or like if you go out for a night of heavy drinking, then maybe think about that and think about this accident and my body is being depleted and I need to do something about it.
0: Got it. I love that. So before we get off here, can you just give us five things that come to mind that we should, think about or utilize to have a healthy gut. Just want to kind of reiterate some of the stuff we spoke on, but just five things, you know, I know you said bowel movements. Uh, Yeah, you go.
1: Yeah, so bowel movements. um, Okay. Healthy gut, healthy mind. Got it, okay. So I guess like the people you're surrounded by is huge. Um, And being kind to yourself. I tell my patients this all the time, Mm -hmm. be kind to yourself. I think that gets so overlooked so often. We're, we're not really that nice to ourselves many times. <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's huge. That's huge for the way that you process information um, for how you take in, like how your body accepts signals, st- stress in general. These are all so important for your gut health. Um, your environment is important. Yeah. If you are living in an old home, And you are surrounded by, or if you're in a construction site, so old home, like, and you have mold or asbestos or something like that, figure that out. Invest in finding out if there is mold in your home. It is so, so important because that's a fungus. And that will throw off your gut microbiome. It would completely change the bacteria in your gut. Um, Another thing is don't follow the fad diets. (laughs) Right. Doesn't work for everyone. Um, just be aware of eating a lot of different vegetables, a lot of different foods, yeah. and eat bitters. Making eat bitters. Sure like, bitters that, again or bitter. what?
0: Vegetables, right?
1: Yeah, so bitter vegetables like arugula, radicchio, um, dandelion, things like that.
0: Got it. And then I think the doctor said, how do you be kind to yourself? How can we be kind to ourselves?
1: being accepting of whatever is going on with you yeah so if there's something going on like health wise then just be be nice about it like don't be so hard on yourself or understand that it takes time to make improvements
0: mm, I not- like that. say that again it takes time to make improvements that's me i gotta talk to me because i'm hard on myself it takes time
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah or like you know like a lot of times we're just expected like we have a headache and we're so used to just taking an Advil or a Tylenol and just feeling better right away. Yes. But what if, what if we didn't treat it that way? And we were, yeah. we, we were more patient with whatever was going on with us. And we said, okay, I keep getting these headaches. Why do I get these headaches? And what can I do about it? That whole process of being patient and treating yourself nicely and being like, okay, or if I have acne, like, I, there's so much acne. Yeah, like can you, can you I to...
0: speak on that? Because a lot of people have experienced that in their lifetime. What is the skin and the gut or your food you eat? How does that correlate? Because I think a lot of people suffer. And right. Don't...
1: So this is one of the most fun things, I would say, to treat because it's, you see the fastest results in general. Yeah. Because you change your diet, you find out what's going on with your gut, and you see your skin clearing up. But basically, um, acne... Few different reasons it can be like let's say you have too much testosterone that creates sebum production in your face creates this and that it's all a whole like domino effect and that causes acne another reason is because you have this bacterial overgrowth in your gut and whatever is happening with your gut comes out in your skin and i always tell people if you have acne you are actually one of the lucky ones because <laughs> your body is telling you something and it's saying, stop what you're doing. It's not working for me. Listen to me. Like, I, it's a cry for help. As opposed to the person who doesn't experience that, just goes on with their life, and then later on has some kind of chronic illness, they were never, like, they never got those little, like, other more physical symptoms that people are more yeah. um, sensitive to. So just finding out what is going on so, yeah, so with acne, just being, like, understanding that be patient with yourself. Like, don't just, like, Accutane's all, not always the best choice. Um, like, things that affect your liver and things like that. There's so much more that you can do to really just help your gut, help your skin, and your body is telling you something, and you need to listen to it.
0: And and And, and acne is also, is that correlated to hormones as well? It is. So okay. if
1: you have too much like testosterone in
0: yeah. your body
1: for both men and for women, then you get acne too. So hey. that is definitely one of the symptoms and that's why testosterone. And that's why I love, love doing like hormonal health
0: yeah. is because it's so attached, like, you have
1: to find a sweet spot with everything. Um, and it's not just like, Oh, like you just need to be at this level or at this level, figure out what level works for you.
0: Wow. Well, Dr. Jasmine, you're amazing, phenomenal. We got to, hey, everyone follow her right now. She's incredible. She has all the information to help better your gut health, (laughs) your well-being, and get to the root cause of what's causing frustration, maybe, psychologically, internally. Uh, But I I think you got to do more panels, some more speaking on this, because more people need to know, you know? I I think it's important. I mean, you unpack so much from the plastic water bottles to your environment, uh, to your mercury levels, all these things. Um, And yeah, I think it's good to be positive, to eat healthy and to know your body and your mind. So (laughs) people follow Dr. Jasmine, uh, tap in with her information. Anything we need to know that you have that we can invest or even seek from your space?
1: Um, you said the website yeah the website is a great great source you can send us an email through that as well and what's the website again beverlyhillsnaturalmedicine.com
0: beverlyhillsnaturalmedicine.com yes good I appreciate you so much Jasmine I appreciate you yeah we'll be in contact I gotta come get the mercury test and all these other things but thanks again and uh, have a phenomenal uh, rest of your week and evening you Be too. Thank you so okay. much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, gut health. Y'all mm-hmm. see that? We did it. 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 So follow her. Um, I'm excited because I just got some download on you know when you get in your 30s as as as, as a male, you know your, your stomach and all these things change and levels drop. So listen, people, information changes situations. Um, Get the information to better your situation so you can understand, you can grow, you can heal, you can evolve, and you can feel good inside out. And when you eat clean and you feel good, everything's good. So that's what it's about. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Make sure you subscribe to Bigger Talks Podcast. If you haven't already, follow Dr. Jasmine. Um, She's amazing. Um, And uh, that's all. That's it. It's a miracle season, people. Be great. Treat yourself with love and respect. Have a good week.